Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Well, I've been a blockchain boozer for 96 long weeks. I've spent all my money on shit coins and NFTs. We've bet Boom! <laughs> we are live. Woo! Had to give you guys some love in that version. Uh, uh, guys, welcome yeah. 
Lost Pain and Booze. It's week 96, 96 <laughs> weeks straight we've been doing this. So um, just uh, just uh, going to let everyone know who's watching. Week number 100, we already have some surprises coming. Uh, so a few more weeks for that. But I'm super excited for this one. Um, we've got the guys from uh, uh, from Nifty Spirits, but also Zach here from uh, uh tell me the name of your project again i just said it in the song what? uh yeah liquid craft liquid craft and um i mean i've had two sips of this and i'm already forgetting everything but i joked with everyone that this is going to be the most premium episode of the uh. of uh of blockchain booze and yes uh david just said yes it's john dorfman vodka king um <laughs> aka sailor gary uh here with us today um, really, really excited. Before we jump into everything, if you're watching this on one of the live streams, jump into meet.blockchainbooze.io so you can jump into the cat, uh, cat, <coughs> ask, cat um, ask questions in the QA and have some fun with us live in the system. Otherwise, enjoy watching it on one of the streams or on blockchain radio or on Lunar Crush, uh, which is really, really Really awesome. Um, welcome to the show, guys. Um, really excited to have you. Hell yeah. Thanks, Alon. Good to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. I need to I need to ask, because this is like a booze themed, I've been not putting as much pressure on the the what drink people are having and stuff like that for the most part, just because like, I don't know, it feels weird being a little peer pressure or you know, let everyone do their thing. But because this is, uh, you know, you guys are all booze guys, I need to know. And I saw, I can see what you guys are kind of doing backstage while the song was going. I have like little thumbnail, like tiny versions of you guys. And I saw Zach, you pulled out a bottle while we were, uh, it looked like you pulled out some bottle or something. So yeah, yeah sure tell did. us uh, what you're drinking and where you're joining from. Yeah, so we're in a uh, beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado, and I'm drinking some of the cask strength bourbon from the Heart Distillery. Nice, nice. Uh, John, what's uh, cheers? John, what's uh, what do you have over there? Um, I am drinking a premium punch, which is uh, premium vodka, of course, and uh, the recipe hopefully will be uh, coming out in a little bit in the Fame Lady squad uh recipe book so uh keep your eyes Ooh, that's pretty Sweet. awesome we've gotta we've gotta do an episode just on that soon and i gotta um remind me when we're not online on one of these things to uh to get in touch with them because that's gonna be awesome uh uh mike what are you drinking i saw you had something fancy drinking, drinking a little gnt with a cucumber which is my oh. my go-to nice I was, Dude, was like when you're it. drinking hanging out like you'll like just the cucumber is you'll you'll actually go through the effort of doing it right if i have it i don't always have it i notice ah. so sometimes it's just straight up <laughs> totally. it's like it's like people going to the market don't forget your limes so you can make your drinks but you do it yeah exactly exactly yeah I mean, good good gin you know if it's not like a barrel aged gin you're you're probably looking for you know a nice cucumber to kind of express it a little bit more you know a lime a lime you know with all the acidity will kind of bury bury a lot of things which is sometimes why people you know go for it you know, kind of rounds rounds things out but <laughs> But we so all you're saying that I'm ru- I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm hiding the the bad flavor of my you know crappy cheap beer with putting the lime in it. 
No, no. Some, you know, some, some, some drinks, you know, you go way better. Just a crappy tequila or something. <laughs> I think it comes down to two each his own, right? <laughs> Drink what you like. <laughs> That makes too much sense. So, hey guys, we're we're we're. Uh, <laughs> Rachel said, "Pinky up." <laughs> I had to do it. Um, so, guys, let's start with Zach. I want to hear about what you're working on. You know how it ties to the blockchain and all that. I've got some thoughts and questions for everyone, but I I don't want to just start. You're the you're the sort of. Mike, have you actually, John, you've come on the blockchain booze like for, for, for moments here and there and you're yeah, a regular yeah. and Mike, you're a regular in the crowd. No, this you is, haven't been on yet. And this Zach is the first is time on the show. I'm on. stoked so, to be here. Yeah, I'm stoked to have you guys. But so Zach, I, I would love for you to start as the sort of most recent uh, uh, friend on the show and tell us uh, what you're working on and how it works. Because I know you can, it, you know, you can, your website is up and minting. Yeah. So first off, thanks for having us. This is absolutely ecstatic. Um, when John and, and Mike reached out saying that it w- could, could I be on a panel to be on the show? I was, we were, we were ecstatic. Uh, no, no other way to say it, say it than that. But uh, yeah, what we're working on right now, um, I'm a distiller and a brewer, um, have been for the last nine years. And uh, about a year ago, uh, NFTs kind of blew up as everybody kind of knows. I mean, it's been, it's been a work in progress for the last few years. But uh, last year, we kind of wanted to integrate uh, our business model, being the distillery and brewery, into uh, crypto. And the best way to do it, in, in my opinion right now, is uh, NFTs, obviously. A lot of, lot of great utilities coming th- through them and everything, great value behind them. Uh, so we came up with the idea of liquid craft uh, because, again, we are a small distiller and also a small brewer, uh, the Hart Distillery and, and High Hops Brewery in Windsor, Colorado. Um, and so... How can we couple these two together? Uh, again, Liquid Craft. Uh, Liquid Craft is going to be an uh, NFT marketplace where distilleries, wineries, and breweries, whom we call, we're, who we're calling crafters, can couple their product, uh, like a bottle or a barrel, to an NFT and then sell it on the on the secondary market. Uh, somebody wise told me once it's kind of like the open sea for alcohol. Uh, nice. The, the main the main point of this is to bring power to the small crafters around the world, really, because so many of us, especially in COVID times, don't get to get out and and be seen by a global audience. Um, And then the secondary factor is kind of a a legitimizing a secondary market that's already in place with collectors and investing spirits, beer and wine. So that's that's kind of liquid craft in a nutshell. and as Alan said just a minute ago, we are we're we're minting right now on our on our website liquidcraft.io. That's our initial launch um, for the Heart Distillery. We're kind of using it as a R and D project, but also kind of your first. Uh, it's kind of like a membership NFT into everything whiskey on Liquidcraft. Nice. So so yeah, so yeah that's what I was going to ask is what what do you get with that NFT? It's uh it's sort of a membership to the to the service to the site. One, it's that. It's also uh well you also get a a bottle of bourbon of only 750 um that'll ever be made. And then also um you'll be eligible to, for our native currency called the craft token. Uh, you'll be eligible for an airdrop, air, three airdrops with the purchase of an NFT. So there'll be extra, 
value added to it. It's, it's kind of like our way into the crypto space. Nice. Very cool. Nice. So, uh, John, uh, why don't you tell us about Nifty Spirit, Spirit Punks, and Premium and everything you guys have going on? So I think it goes really well with all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I've been on here. You know, some of the regulars are more familiar with my background. Um, my other business partner and I have a distillery in California. Um, we're basically entrenched in this uh, consumer packaged good uh, world for the last three years or so. Our background uh, was in physics and ethanol research. That's actually where we met about a decade ago. And um, I was um, actually talking at a uh, Bitcoin meetup in Sacramento last night and talking about how my friend introduced um, Bitcoin to me in 2011. And um, at you know the same time I had met, you know, getting to know my now current distillery partner and we got excited about this you know as you know data enthusiasts and you know uh, cryptography enthusiasts we said hey there's some really cool utility here and you know third party decentralized trust all the kind of nerd stuff about this and we actually um set up a, a meeting with our um you know a scientist meeting at our, our research lab and pre presented like some of the utility cases of ultimately to try to convince our, our lab to buy some Bitcoin miners we were looking at. Um, but, you know, of course we were shut down, but, you know, longtime enthusiasts, we hadn't really done a ton in the space. Um, you know, we started our distillery three years ago. We ended up kind of acquiring some of the laboratory assets. And with our, our expertise and research background, we were able to launch, um, you know, some really smooth, incredibly smooth uh, distilled spirits. But, We've, you know, nonetheless been considering how do you grow this faster? You know, anyone starting a business or anyone who knows, you know, anyone who's made or sold something, you know, so of course they're looking, how do you, how do you grow hack this? How do you, how do you make it move faster? How do you make it more relevant? How do you keep it relevant? And um, long story short, we, um, we said, Hey, we have this beautiful craft um, vodka. Actually it's, it's Sell pork vodka. My uh, my wife did the did the artwork for us, so it's it's precious to us, and we've won a bunch of awards and whatnot. Um, but you're like, oh, wait, bring it back. Remember, I got, I figured this thing out earlier. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. we're goofing with oh, this. I love like, it. Kind of, looks great. Yeah, and you know, it's if you're a vodka fan, it's one of the better vodkas in the world, and you know, but we don't ultimately ultimately care if. People are like, oh, do you drink? I don't drink vodka. And I'm like, don't drink vodka. You know, like we're not trying to make more vodkas, you know, but if you're, you know, if you're drinking vodka, you might as well drink good local stuff. And, you know, how do, long story, how do you keep it relevant? What makes something relevant? Um, we thought, hey, let's make some memes. Let's make some, let's make some jokes. If, you know, we were thinking about some crypto related memes, we said, can we accept crypto if we're going to do that? You know, keep it on point. Um, no, you know, the kind of infrastructure isn't there. Shopify Stripe hasn't integrated uh, the utility yet. And you're like, maybe we should make some NFTs. You know, this is last November, December. You know, people are like, oh, cool. You know, like these art pieces. And you're like learning about this dimensional layer, you know, on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and we're like, yeah, that'd be fun. We could like make some memes and it comes with a piece of art. And, you know, just being part of blockchain and booze and also doing our own 
research, we started to just, sorry, real, um, started <laughs> realize the utility of NFTs, you know, in a kind of mind blowing way, you know, this, this really moves, you know, NFTs really move art from a single dimensional piece of interface to this huge multi-dimensional uh, new type of, you know, CRM, new type of way to, you know, capture and interface and build community and really kind of lead cause direction. So um, we really started um, nifty markets and nifty spirits kind of as a utility showcase to help build the bridges on both sides of consumer packaged goods. You know, we said it went from for us, you know, on the distillery side saying, hey, we should definitely incorporate some NFTs. Um, you know, we're longtime blockchain enthusiasts anyways um, to, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, this style of utility or, you know, the the layers of the onion you can peel back to discover you know, how to recapture and re-engage and redirect consumer attention and the power that actually re-bestows back on consumers to lead the direction of consumption um, was just something that we couldn't ignore, you know. So we we really are excited to build this bridge. Uh, it's more of a question, you know, of not if, you know, NFTs will be adopted, but when. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I, I think I mentioned it last time, you know, you ask a an auto mechanic um, in 98, you know, where's your website? And they say, why would I have a website? Um, you know, and flash forward, it's because you need one, because in the future from now, you'll need one. And so, you know, it's, I saw a great quote on Twitter the other day. It's not mine, but you know, you, you don't judge a book by its cover. So why would you judge an NFT by its JPEG? You know, because really it's, it's so much <laughs> more, it's so much beyond you know, this this notion of, oh, what's my next 10K project? What's the next flippable asset? Uh, it's really the way, you know, it's going to change how communities are built, businesses are formed, you know, shares in companies and direction in companies are decided or direction in products. So we're just really excited to build some of these assets. Uh, we were talking to uh, Charlotte um, Sells from Mandavi. Um, uh, who actually connected us with Zach, just talking about who's, you know, who's, who's putting the effort forward in this space to really kind of move the needle. And it's, it's just a kind of a reminder, you know, how early we are, but we're really excited also about this space to like collaborate and work together. So. Well, I think one of the things that's really, really funny and great about this space and like, you know, some of this shit in general, like we all, when, when spaces are really early, when things like blockchain are going on, where it's like there's a certain level of people that are in it for like the hype and a certain amount of people are in it because it's just like they have to be here. But like one of the jokes I was making this week, uh, which I think is pretty great, our, our good friend uh, of the show and a friend of mine named Ryan, uh, he goes by Zuda online. He's like a really, really killer engineer. And he does like security audits and he's done shit for like, governments and for big groups and companies and he's done like all sorts of blockchain development stuff like that but he's choosing to spend his time building something called pooptopia right like, <laughs> it is like in demand people would pay him lots of money to do security audits but that's what he's doing and memes, right? you were talking about money. being like a chemist <laughs> and shit and you're like and 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 you're you're working on meme inspired uh spirits it just makes me so happy uh, Mike, I, I want to get your background too, because I know you've been in the space for a while, and you're you're a part you're you're a partner with with John. But yeah, Mike, give for us sure. Your background. So, 
so my background for the most part is actually in marketing and communications and kind of establishing, you know, up and coming brands and then dealing with big corporate companies when they have a problem and they're, you know, trying to deal with, deal with the crisis, whether it's something internal or external or, you know, working on things like executive positioning, um, you know, making, making big wigs look good, which was fun for a little while, but kind of, I've had my, you know, my foot dabbled in the space with John for the better part of four or five years now, just kind of as, as an investor, watched it from afar. And then we sat here earlier, early together, you know, at the start of 2021, when kind of everything in this space was blowing up in terms of NFTs and said, you know, God, I wish we got involved in 2016. God, I wish we got involved in 2018. And we're sitting here in 2021. Like, there's no time like the present. We're still so incredibly early. And that's, you know, that statement has proven true over and over and over again over the last year. Um, so just to kind of start to throw these pieces around in the space and see, you know, what's possible to be built, what could be built. And as John said, we really approached this initially to say, you know, looking at how we're building the spirits brand, like what if you tied an NFT to it, what could we do with that? And then it became a, well, we certainly we have to tie an NFT to it because this is going to happen, you know, no matter what, every brand is going to do this in a, in a matter of years here. And I think like everyone, we've had these moments over the last year where it was just like, oh my God, and you could do this. And there's this utility and there's this application. And it's just such an exciting time in the space because there's so much, there's a new door that opens every other week. Um, so we sit here and we say, you know, what, what is the utility that NFTs could have for a spirits company? And then we you know, step back from that and say, well, what, is, how do you, how could you actually onboard people into web three through consumer packaged goods? You know, we're starting with spirits because it's something we know how to do and know how to do well, but really we see this as an avenue to bring, you know, everyone out there into this space through a package that they're going to go buy no matter what anyway you know why why won't everything have an nft that comes with it in a matter of years and our our bet is that it certainly will yeah i mean add on that just you know watches coffee cups shirts well here we go let's this is the the board breakfast club uh the one that i grabbed because it has a punk ape strong uh magazine on the table <laughs> Um, so I had to make sure that I uh, I minted a bunch of them and ran around on OpenSea till I found one uh, with with that cover. But that 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 again, that's that was a, you know, I essentially bought like six or seven coffee subscriptions when I bought those, right? Um, and now you're you guys are doing it with booze in different ways. But I think it's it's you know i think the value probably comes in these in these sort of communities and in these ways um where there are more gatekeepers right so i think when it comes to booze and stuff like that there there is sort of a little bit more in the way like there's there's locally everybody knows of like a few craft breweries actually one that i loved here in town where i live went out of business this week right and I, and whenever I talk to, to folks that are doing those businesses, the hardest part is distribution and sales and things like that. This kind of flips it into the new world, right? Where it doesn't matter where you are in the world. doesn't matter if the craft brewery you like is, is in another corner of the world. You can get access through, through this way and through mail order and stuff like that. So um, have you guys as distillers yourselves, you know, hit those brick walls? Is this a way around it? Or is this just a different distribution model? Um, you know, you still have to comply with rules and laws, right? If it's mail order, it's still the same, right? <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Quite a few rules and laws. <laughs> it, it, can I can I jump in on this one? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Uh, so 
the idea isn't necessarily to change anything and go around it. It's more of to revolutionize the industry that's already in existence um, and to kind of piggyback off of the distribution and networks that all these uh, crafters, again, wineries, breweries, and distilleries, whom we're, what we're calling crafters, uh, kind of utilize that, right? Utilize the networks that are already in place. At least that's how I, how I view it. Um, and, and then, like I said, just evolve it into a, a way that, yeah, the crafters, manufacturers can actually uh, engage the consumer directly. That that's one thought process on it, um, and and it's it's slowly moving that way. It from the few people I've talked to, John, do you, you're smiling. What do you have something to add? You're on mute. You're on mute. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no, it's you. You need to, you need to be building this in inside of you know optically compliant infrastructure and that is a challenging space because um it's really really old rigid infrastructure that has a lot of variation moving you know from one state to the other one jurisdiction to the other um you know for example there's 17 or 18 states that have state-run liquor programs you know there are certain states that allow producers in the state to distribute but need to distribute there's this whole notion of three-tier compliance um but what's really um, wonderful kind of about different, you know, the, the kind of blockchain revolution is that it is such a disruptive, dynamic uh, new layer of kind of thought and creativity because you have on two sides of an NFT, you have the actual solidity contract and then this actual written contract and all the creativity that comes in that structure it'll it allows for you know new ways to kind of really critique the existing structures it will i think in the future raise really great kind of you know legal or you know practical arguments for you know better lobbying uh positions to really kind of make the end user experience and the, the reasoning behind the, the infrastructure valuable you know, if you're saying, okay, we have these rules in place, we have, you know, to protect producers or protect consumers, you know, what's the real intention of that? Um, I don't think it's captured very well because the system itself is a hundred years old. Um, but I think blockchain innovation allows, because it allows for different types of consumer business interaction and engagement um, really allows for just new creativity in the space, both on the artistic side, both on the production side, but also on this kind of legalese side. And so it's, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's new territory in the space. It's, you have IP considerations. You have, you know, what did Bored Apes do when they said, you know, you get all the commercial rights in IP over your ape? You know, how well is that contract written? Is that enforceable? Uh, certainly hasn't been litigated well. You know, what... So, you know, but it's a profound statement nonetheless, and it really forces a new style of thinking. It forces a new, you know, analysis. So um, that, you know, that's kind of what we're excited to see. I don't I think. Mean, I, I, I think like, you know, punk ape strong needs something, right? Like, like a punk ape strong whiskey, a punk ape strong uh, uh, something. Guys, you get it. You know, we're going to have to make something happen. Look, he's on a, uh, 
I'm just going to try to invoke some FOMO. He's on a magazine, on a table that gets you coffee. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> he needs to step it up. Uh, uh, but in all seriousness, like it's, it is a whole different ball game. It is a different world. Um, uh, you know, we, we talk about communities and crypto a lot, especially when we are looking at lunar crush and we're looking at data and we're looking at like how community can create a brand that's not even owned by someone, right? Like, like Dogecoin, right? Like it's one of the biggest online communities in the world and one of the most recognizable brands in the world right now it's on they talk about it on fox business and cnn business and bloomberg and shit like that and it was literally created as a joke right so it the the value of community is so huge you guys sort of creating your brand in the community and kind of going along with what the memes are doing and and things like that it, it it's fucking exciting. It's really cool. And it's totally different than, than what anyone's doing. I think it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun to look at, you know, there are going to be brands that are going to say, Hey, we can use NFTs to really discover new community, discover new styles of interaction. Look what, you know, Adidas is doing, look what Nike is doing. Um, Walmart's making their own cryptocurrency. So it, you know, it, does that make Walmart? Kind of. I don't know. You'll never see me at Walmart, but no, that's just a, I mean. Mixed uh, feelings. <laughs> There's some good Well, Walmart. did you guys see the joke today? So I actually was joking because this morning McDonald's hosted some, uh, the like, the um, Grimace coin comment, joking and responding to Elon Musk. And I literally responded to, to it or to one of the people who shared it going like, oh, shit, I need to go scour Uniswap to buy some of this right now. And I was joking about it, but I knew it was going to happen. And then literally right when we were coming live on this uh, thing, so I'm too late to the game. So I'm not going to participate in this crazy joke because some I, I actually don't normally participate because it's a game of hot potato. And then somebody <laughs> loses big if you win big. Oh, so it just sucks. <laughs> um, but. Like the dude, the literally Wall Street Bets chairman guy was tweeting about it on Twitter and showing charts from Uniswap like two minutes ago. And it's just like, oh, shit, like it is going to blow up. Uh, and McDonald's stupid joke is going to turn into like a hundred million dollar market cap joke. Um, right. But like who's who's going to launch uh, Grimace coin gin tomorrow? Right. I, I don't know. I'm just making making shit up. But like it's a thing and it would be a funny thing to memorialize. And something I need to mention, though, like. I keep looking at it. John, tell us more about, it says vodka of the year on your thing. So I want to make it clear too, to people that like, I know Zach, you've been doing this for, for like 10 years. You're, you guys are all legit distillers. Like you didn't just come here like chasing like, you know, something and you're in the space. But like, I know that John, you guys have won a bunch of awards and stuff like as a distillery, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh we have some insight because of our we we were working under a handful of DOD contracts and uh, in what you know basically uh, ethanol remediation. So we uh, target some of the more elusive trace compounds and selectively reduce those. It makes it super super smooth. Um, and yeah, we got uh, vodka of the year in San Francisco Bartender Spirits Awards last year. We got USA Today's uh, Reader's Choice number one craft vodka distillery this year. Um, but it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, it, it's great to plug our vodka, you know, but we're really, really excited more so than just making great vodka is the ability to kind of 
revolutionize how consumers interface with goods, with goods. So, I mean, this premium itself is uh, kind of a joke on our other brand in the sense that, you know, this is a 97 point vodka already and it's 22 bucks on the shelf in California where this is around 42.69. Um, but it, um, of course, memes and it's a, I don't know if you can read that, but it's a premium vodka. And it's it's actually a limited edition, uh, limited edition brand. Uh, we partnered with the Truckee Tahoe Humane Society to basically create a bunch of, we did, it's like $10 a bottle and it comes with a limited edition NFT, which is under this peel to mint QR code, which is for us really both a utility showcase for how nonprofits can generate ultra low overhead revenue that is potentially continuous, uh, which we think is really awesome and something we where, care Where about. can you get one of these? Are these being sold um, online right now? Yeah. Or? These are, I think there are a couple online retailers. I'm not sure if they're ported through our site. We're not selling them directly ourselves online, but they're in about 60 retailers. I think you can go to southforkvodka.com slash premium and see locations where they're available. Um, and that's, a, it's a limited edition run. We're excited because it has this, you know, all elusive first of first of world, uh, you know, it's one of the first consumer package uh, products to come with an NFT. So, you know, if, you're sitting there and you're a humane society lover uh, or in your vodka and you enjoy nice vodka, you might have bought a, you might be, you know, some, my grandmother might've accidentally bought one at, you know, in the grocery store and that might be her first NFT. So it's a, it's um, for us, it's important to say, Hey, you know, how do you build it, build this bridge from both sides? You know, I can um, you know, I, I think it's valuable to appeal to the crypto community because they understand the value in, you know, owning you NFTs and what it means for, you know, the technology in itself and the kind of dollar value that exists in the space. That's why they're in this space. But there's a, most people uh, in the world say, what are these NFTs? What What is this? Is this art? Is this a JPEG? Why would I buy JPEGs? Why would I care? And it it really is way more than that. You know, you might sit sit here and you're like, wow, I have a limited edition. I have this bottle that I've just drank the bottle of, but I kept it on my shelf because I thought it was funny or it was cool or it reminded me of the Humane Society. And then uh, two years, three years from now, I realized I don't, I didn't even know maybe when I bought this, but I have this cool limited edition Humane Society piece of art. And if I trade it, the end of the Humane Society gets, you know, all the royalties from that. And you know, is this is this something that we're oh we're gonna jump? Why why NFTs? Why charity? Why all at once? It's it's because we get to showcase this these new utility layers. These are and we as you know partnering with the Humane Society for this project also get to say hey you know where are our dog lovers? Where are our vodka dog lovers combos? You know where are our local people in? Northern California at the time we released this in 2020 or late 2021, early 2022, you know, the humane society can, after the fact, come in and say, Hey, if we're hosting an event and we want to reward our, our legacy art holders and our legacy, you know, community members, this is our first NFT. Um, you know, it's, it's a cool, you know, incredibly dimensional uh, resource tool for how, 
again, how brands can engage, how communities can engage. You know, the, I think the, that's, that's, I, that's I, a big part of it is like re-engagement is really exciting and and more easily doable here, right? Like there are things about crypto that make it hard to engage, right? Like if we're going to be real, that's like, you don't know exactly how to communicate with somebody holding something in a wallet, but you could drop something to them. And depending on who that person is, and if you engage your community, you could actually know. Like I know I have the ETH addresses of over a thousand people who've attended blockchain booze in the past, and they have received airdrops from me, right? And they've received things and they get rewarded and it's just a fun, cool thing we can do. Um, and I can communicate with them because I actually have their email addresses and stuff. It's not totally available yet, but it's going to happen more and more here and more messaging products will exist. But but that's, that is kind of crazy, right? Because if people are buying into this because they love the humane society, humane society can know that to reward these people and have them come to an event or do something because they know they'll probably you know, re re up or, or donate again and support the cause. Right. It's, it's a different way of, of we've had some really, really interesting conversations in, in kind of the whole development of this idea in talking to some of these nonprofits, there's a couple, couple that are on the right side of the curve here, but there's the majority, I would say that we've talked to that we, you know, have kind of broken this idea down of like, here's how you can engage your donors here. Here's how you can engage your community, how, you know, you can bring people back for the next round of, Here's what we're doing now. Here's how you can be involved. Here's how you can support simply by holding something. By, you know, having an NFT in your wallet, you're a part of our donor community. And that's actually what that means. And you know, what what that when those dots connect in these conversations that we've had, you know, from a nonprofit level to see you can actually really move a needle on, you know, cause direction of these organizations and how they can they can make, you know, a bigger impact in their missions, which is, you know. From a personal standpoint, you know, my myself and John, you know, our personal standpoint, we look at things like that. And like, that's actually what matters to us on kind of more of a moral level is like, how how can you actually do good by doing or, you know, do well by doing good? It's, yeah, it, it, it's exciting. I mean, it completely you're you're redefining distribution models. There's a bit of, you know, membership, right? Like we've 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 touched it uh, in the past and people have joked with it. I mean. My my son saw it before I did. He made his uh, his poopoo.eth membership cards like almost two years ago now, like which is kind of mind blowing, right? And uh, he used that to like airdrop stuff to people, and that was like rudimentary. But like the current that generation, right, gives a shit way more about digital things than real things. We still love our old comic books or baseball cards or vodka <laughs> bottles that are sitting on a shelf, right? But he cares, like, he. you throw a Pokemon card at him, he's obsessed with it. He loves it. But you tell him that you got him some Robux or something digital or something like that, he's way more into it. And it's way more meaningful to him. And NFTs are a big deal to them. So it's it's really cool. It's where the future is clearly going. Um, Zach, I want to I hit up on, on you guys because you're doing it as a brand yourself with your bottle and doing some R&D yourself. But I think kind of the future of your your platform is to enable more you know future spirit punks or future premiums to launch their probably more like like the local distillers and brewers around around the world right to kind of that maybe aren't as familiar or crypto native as as these guys um do their thing 
Is, is that how I understand it? Is that? Yeah, yeah. totally. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole conversation that we've been having with kind of uh, legitimizing NFTs uh, it, because, and also onboarding more people and educating really. Um, we'd started off by saying, oh, this is gonna be really cool because everybody has to be able to see this awesome utility that NFTs and spirits can go hand in hand. But as we kind of did some research, it, very, very few people actually understand how it works. And so now it's it's educating and onboarding more people. Um, so we've actually become more of just like a, a launch pad for crafters to start with, with the ultimate goal of becoming the marketplace for the the craft crafted spirits, wine, and also beer uh, in the future. Um, yeah, it's, it's revolutionizing the whole industry and then also bringing kind of a asset backed NFT um, to, to the space, right? And you can do that with all kinds of different things in this world, but a lot of things that captivate people's mind and imaginations are spirits um, and, and wine, really. And then going back to your guys' previous conversation about community, um, I don't know, in the last 10 to 20 years, one of the biggest community gathering places was were breweries. Where are you going? You know, when you go to a, a lot of people anyways, a lot of people, when they went to a town to visit relatives, or whatever, you'd go to a brewery. Um, or even a brewery would be one of your biggest places where they hold fundraisers and drives. And so the ability for, for drinks, social drinks, uh, to captivate people's imagination and excitement is, is out of this world. And I think that John and Mike are on a huge thing with, uh, with motivating with nonprofits and everything. And, and again, it's not onboarding everybody onto this. It's a huge task and it's, it's overwhelming, but because the possibilities are so high and all over the place, but really like simplifying our processes on onboarding right now is kind of the, the biggest challenge and the biggest excitement too, because you get to talk about this. You have to wear two different hats. You wear, you wear one hat talking to crypto enthusiasts, and then you wear another hat talking to people who don't really know a whole lot about it, but they hell, they know a lot about spirits. At least that, that's my conversations. And sorry if I'm talking really fast. I'm getting really excited. So um, I love it. I love it. I do the <laughs> yeah, actually, so, Zach, and I were, Zach and I were talking last week, and we were also talking about you know all the incredible layers of supply chain transparency, um, utility that also comes with this space, and you know not just spirits and wine, you know, which is a, a powerful one, and uh, beer, but also all you know royal you know luxury goods and watches and you know this authenticity where are these parts coming from what does the supply chain look like you know you can append you can make an nft and say this was bottled on this day this was a vintage on this this is the the mash bill for the whiskey that we're making this is the grain was sourced and you know consumers want that you know consumer and consumers get to ask for that now you know it's you know corporations and companies are going to have to stop looking at, you know, the buyers as customers, they have to be community members because they, once everyone realizes through this project or this project that the utility is available, they're going to demand it be implemented in every other project. You know, that's this powerful decentralization. That's what's, you know, I mentioned earlier, we gave this speech back in, you know, at our, scientist meeting back in 2011 or 2012 um and <laughs> trying to convince people the utility of blockchain here i mean here it is it's it's in your ability to communicate the ability to 
you know, play to earn, participate to earn, vote to earn. You can target new categories of people. Look what Luxrare did with, you know, their token targeting. They're going to say, hey, who are the most likely people to engage? Who are the most capable yeah. to engage? You're going to target OpenSea users and you're going to build a, a billion dollar market cap in 25 days. It's a new world. Right. New well, also by rewarding them, that those community members to receive, because I was getting messages from people saying not just like the normal, like, hey, go claim that airdrop before it's too late. I was getting messages from people saying, go claim your looks rare and stake it as soon as possible so you can get a piece <laughs> of the royalties. Yeah. Like they're like, they basically were, were, you know, most people are saying go claim it because they want to like hook up a friend and tell them to go make a few bucks. Um, in this case, there was actually something to do with it and they're rewarding the community members. Well, and basically engaged to earn. Well, those same people are are sending me links to NFTs to purchase and stuff on LooksRare. Really? When the day before, the, literally the day before, they were sending me links to OpenSea multiple times a day. If, so like, in order to claim it, you had to you had to go list an NFT. You had to actually yeah. go engage with their platform. Um, so you know that my that's son, my son lift, listed a bunch of poopoo.eth memberships. <laughs> um, hey guys, before before we keep going, I want to remind everyone that if you're watching on one of the streams, go to meet.blockchainboost.io because for the last 15 minutes or so, I'm going to grab questions from there. And when we're done, if you want, you'll be able to turn on your camera, join people at tables, and talk and hang out and uh, shoot the shit if you want to. So it's it's pretty fun. We got a good crew back there right now, and we got a bunch of questions already. Um, I actually want to jump into um, one of them uh, here. Um, actually, this this is interesting. Um, let's start with this one first, actually. So um, I think we touched this already earlier when I asked about sort of circumventing regulation versus hitting it head on kind of thing. But Crispin asked, are you guys using traditional distribution and regulation like uh, ABC and all that? Yeah, uh, you, 100%. You, you have to. I mean, especially mixing alcohol and, uh, you know, blockchain. Crypto. You're going to you're going to be getting a couple extra microscopes looking looking at you. So yeah, I just had a call with somebody earlier uh, uh, yesterday, I think it was, and they were talking about banks and blockchain and crypto. And I was laughing because I was like, we have our conference, right? We have our conference every year, L.A. Blockchain Summit. And uh, throwing it up here, by the oh, way. Sweet. Um, nice. um, but LA Blockchain Summit, we changed the name of because it was originally Crowd Invest Summit. Then we changed it to Crypto Invest Summit and LA Blockchain Summit and all that stuff. Like it evolved over time. But when it was called Crypto Invest Summit, we were thinking about changing the company name. And somebody at the bank told us that if you have crypto in the name, they're going to close our bank account. <laughs> and we're like, we don't touch crypto. We're like, we're a conference business. People pay with dollars and we're just a US normal US dollar bank account. We don't do any crypto services, nothing crypto other than it's in the name. It's the name of the conference. They're like, doesn't matter. Crypto's in the name, your bank account will be closed. <laughs> and so we, we never officially change the name of the company. Uh, it's just so, so dumb how stuff like that works. I would assume you guys are under a major microscope. Um, Zach, um, Crispin also had a question for you, actually, because you mentioned that you um, are making wine and um, distilling. And uh, he says, uh, how are you wearing two hats? A winemaker. I would, as a, Oh, he was apparently a winemaker and he was forbidden from distilling non-grape anything. Is that still a thing? 
is that? Yeah, so there's two different licenses, at least here in Colorado and also the TTB, which is federally regulated. Um, winery and distillery are two different licenses mm -hmm. and you just have to have a wall in Colorado, you have to have a wall between the two uh, facilities. So we have a wall between the two facilities and we just buy the, the mat, the wash from the brewery for our distilled spirits. So I essentially you could do the same thing with a winery. Um, I'm no lawyer, so don't take my exact <laughs> advice on that, but essentially you could. D-Y-O-R. Exactly. It's a weird system. Um, you know, there's basically this abstraction in the space um, in the alcohol compliance space that you're not supposed to hold more than one of these kind of vertical or horizontal licenses. So if you're a distillery, you're not supposed to also be a brewery, but there are appeals and exceptions and you can, you know, if you're a distillery, a distiller and your wife is a retailer, you can marry each other or your fiance is a distiller, you can marry each other and you guys still don't have to absolve your licenses. Uh, if you look mm -hmm. at like, the Gallo empire and the Franzi empire and some of these, you know, big, big, huge brand empires hold this. It's, you know, they build the right curtains, you know, it's, it's like kind of any other sector in the world where there's the, the, the rules and then like, you know, how to, how to lobby around different elements of other rules, which is, you know, again, there are these archaic, you know, kind of old hundred year old rigid notions. And it's, it's great to see, you know, how you know i'm excited we're excited to see kind of how it it will get to evolve because i think blockchain is going to put a lot of pressure for that evolution because there's a lot of kind of intuitive considerations that are going to come into question that really haven't been able to be raised just to cool. i mean touch on that a little further there's a really interesting observation that we've been making in the last last couple months here just like talking to people like zach talking to people like charlotte with mondavi winery we've connected with some other people in this space just like what the dynamics look like That's with up. players in the space right now. It's either really large brands like Budweiser who have been around for a long time, who did an NFT drop, or it's people like us who are, you know, small, small shops trying to navigate the waters here and are seeing this technology and saying, this is incredibly meaningful for how it will actually change. It's a pretty archaic industry, honestly. And so it's weird where you have this, like these guys up here and then all of us on this playing field just saying <laughs> like, what could, what could you do? How could you switch the whole game up here? Because it's, it's right to be disrupted in, in our opinion. Yeah. yeah I, oh, go, go, go ahead. I mean, I was going to go to a different question. So keep going. We're, yeah. We're, I mean, and we're really excited, you know, kind of being entrenched, you know, we we're passionately running our distillery here, you know, to say, okay, like there's new ways to connect, but there's also, people you know few of them but who are also see this vision see see building this out you know i'm amazed that you know zach and i and mike are sitting here building this out in spirits and it's not built out in every apparel line yeah. in every watch company in every you know coffee every one of them like well like if i'm buying a, a designer t-shirt like right now how hard would it be to put a QR code with a digital asset on it? It's a little bit of solidity contract and building, but you know, in the reality that wasn't possible or easy six months ago, but it's going to be as, you know, building a website on Squarespace equivalent next June, you know? So it's like, and that's you know, where, where's this going again? You have, you have huge, huge brands coming into the space right now 
and because they also see, you know, this is this is how advertising, this is how engagement, this is how it's all going. Like, and so to you know, be able to build this in this kind of rigid, sticky space of alcohol, it's you know, we're here anyways. Um, we're excited to see you know how we can move the needle. It's, uh, it's it's crazy exciting. I like how it's kind of taking over everything and it's starting to become like what we've been preaching for a long time, but like it's actually happening. So we, we haven't been entirely insane in the last like few years going like, it's going to be like the internet. Everything is going to touch it. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, bro. Okay. Uh, but now it's actually be happening, which is pretty great. Mandy is asking a pretty great question. Um, uh, and she targeted Mike because, um, uh, Mike, you were talking about not having sort of a, a background in engineering. So she said, I'm curious about how you've sort of gotten into the space without a background in engineering. She'd like to be involved as an oper- as an entrepreneur, but she's not a techie. So um, do you have any sort of words of wisdom? I've got a lot of thoughts here. But- yeah, absolutely. And, and feel free <laughs> to jump in on this as well. But I think there's there's re- it's really a wall that I think should be broken down because not everyone in this space by any means is a solidity depth. No one's sitting, not everyone's sitting here in front of a computer writing code by any means. A huge, huge part of the you know people in the space are people working on building community, people working on marketing, people working on really, and so really my, you know, my, my past gig, what I would do is we'd work with these big tech companies or work with these companies who had these crazy outlandish projects who their development team would write, here's what it is, and our job would be, how do you turn that into something that you and I can understand, that we get and we get excited about it? Because when they write it, they're going to write it in, you know, operator engineer language and no one's going to understand it. They're going to say, you know, on to the next, I'm on to go do something else, not a chance. So my, you know, my background has really been, how do you take, so- how do you take that language and turn it into something that people actually get and resonate with and get excited about when they see a project like, you know, n- name one in this space? where you can actually, as kind of an everyday person, like gravitate and catch on to an idea and say, I get that and I'm excited about, excited about it because of this. And so that's really been how I've approached it to say, I have you know a decent enough understanding of this whole space, but again, I certainly don't sit here and write code. There's plenty of it I don't understand, but there's a lot of stuff that I can sit here and say, I can take your, you know, what you're trying to break down and turn it into something that at least most people can understand is, is my hope. So I think, you know, if, if someone's looking at trying to come into the space and figure out where do you put a shoe in, I'd say first, just start by being involved, just be involved in conversations, be involved in communities um, because they're happening, you know, it happens everywhere. Twitter spaces has been one of our favorite places to hang out lately. Just, you know, just amazing conversations that happen every day. Um, and then just start to look at those, you know, what, what are those pillars that, that are outside of kind of a code language? If it's community building, if it's marketing, if it's content writing, if it's, um, you know, managing teams, you know, some people are just really good at just being an operator and, you know, helping everyone else organize what they need to do. So I think um, there's there's more more than, you know, more than 10 ways that you could definitely get involved outside of just being someone who's working on the back end. And to add, add to that, um, reach out and ask questions. I mean, we're, you know, Zach, Zach knows for sure, you know, coming from alcohol, distilled spirits, beer, it's, you know, it is one of the most, you know, competitive consumer packaged goods in the world. You know, are you're traditionally speaking, the Budweiser's and the Constellations and the AB InBev's aren't helping you out. They're reporting you for, you know, not knowing this rule or that rule. 
where it's totally we're early we're so early in this space still um that everyone is really here to help each other everyone if you spend any time in the space you realize it's so early that everyone will be benefited by the building of the necessary infrastructure and you know with that regulation that isn't here also you know but really we it's it's been our experience um anyways you know that this is like in you know being blockchain enthusiasts that nfts in this it's a it's the new it's the crypto community experience and it's powerful and it is you know half of the value of nfts in general it's this new type of way to interact this new you know here we are we get to build new dynamic layers of possible it's really it's it's a cool space jump in reach out people you're you know there's like a million people who were major open users in the world like two months well, ago i was, I was you One know i made the joke ago. I made the joke about you guys being in the space after being scientists, essentially, and my friend building Pooptopia and stuff. But it is kind of cool. Like we are in a space where people kind of get to choose what they work on. So if you have an idea, you have something awesome you want to do, um, there's probably other people who think it's awesome and they'll want to participate. And what's kind of crazy and cool about it is that most of the people that are in the space doing it for those reasons are not chasing after a big paycheck because they probably could be go or they might be sitting in their cubicle working their full-time job while goofing around with this stuff too. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I joked that, you know, I never worked so hard on my startup as when I was sitting in a cubicle getting paid by somebody else. Um, and, but like, it's just, it's just kind of how that stuff goes sometimes. And You'll, you can look around and find people, but if you're intimidated, not knowing, you know, the dev stuff, not knowing the technical stuff, what I will say is experimenting for a few months in the space will get you to the knowledge base of like top 10 percentile of all human beings in the world when it comes to blockchain. Um, so you will be first in line yeah. for a job or you'll find jobs in the space. I think Anne, one of the community members, posted earlier in the chat that, that her company is hiring um, and there are job boards just for people interested in this space. So there's definitely tons and tons of opportunities and hang out after the event. I'll throw the thing up one more time because we're at the end and I'm going to ask people for plugs in a sec. Uh, you know, I met John and Mike at these tables. I met Adele, uh, who is one of our portfolio companies at DGH. And good friends of ours now at the tables. I met some of the Boring Stone guys, and we did that campaign at these tables. Like I've met companies and made investments because we hang out every Tuesday night, and we're just here. Like showing up is like ninety percent of the battle for almost anything, um, and being persistent. And I've made a lot of great friends in the space just by doing that and hanging out. And um, you know. And everyone knows I've been insanely conservative when it comes to events and COVID shit. And I've pretty much not gone to a real work event like in person in two years, which is insane. Um, but I've probably accomplished more than most people for that two year span before COVID, including myself, right? Like, because everything is digital, everything is global, and you don't necessarily have to be an engineer to, to do it, um, which is which is really, really awesome. And it doesn't matter where you are anymore. It doesn't matter. I know there's a whole, um, 
awesome debate about raising money from VCs in the chat right now. I have so many things to say about it, but we're, we're nearing the end of time. But I will say, I think Jim and Dan and some of you who are saying that uh, BB Studios is wrong, I think you guys are wrong. Uh, uh, I think BB Studios is totally right. I think that it there are <laughs> opportunities. Uh, the big debate, so for people who are watching and not seeing the chat, I should probably clear <laughs> The big debate is that like VC and raising money from venture capital is like a crony game and you have to be a part of the club and you have to know them. You have to basically be rich before you go. And it's not really like a game for everybody. And everybody else is saying, oh, no, I grew up poor and I still raise millions of dollars from VCs, which is true. But I think you're an exception to the rule because having now been in it myself and I kind of went from being an entrepreneur to then getting to work at one of the VCs who invested in my company. And and I wasn't a part of that club. I didn't go to Stanford, whatever. So I'm an exception also. Um, but, you know, there's opportunities for people who uh, maybe aren't a part of that club, but you have to know that club exists right? So you have to kind of know that Sand Hill Road is a thing and what the hell Sand Hill Road is. And that's the street in San Jose or not San Jose in Silicon Valley, where all of the VCs have their offices. And you have to know to go there. You have to know to make appointments with those VCs. And it's intimidating as fuck. You don't know if, if you don't know it exists, you don't know it exists. You don't know the opportunities. So there is this spectrum. Yes, those groups will meet with a lot of people, almost at Menlo Park, yes. Um, and they'll meet with almost everybody. But like, you have a one out of a thousand chance when you meet with them, if you don't have a connection to them already, if you didn't go to Stanford or Yale or one of those kind of schools, right? If you went to Cal State Channel Islands and barely got graduated like me, um, you have no connection to these people, right? And I had to kind of manufacture connections by going, oh, you know, my uncle worked at this thing that this thing you might know a guy and 99% didn't know. So I had a one in a thousand chance. If I went like, yeah, I was with your son at Stanford on the rowing team, they, you'd have a one in 5% chance, like one in five chance they would invest in you, right? Like the odds just dramatically increase. So both of you are right, but I think it's a major, major uh, uphill battle um, if you... Uh, uh, if you aren't a part of that crew. And especially if you weren't like from California or if you're out of the United States, then it's just completely a whole different thing, right? So um, I think I think you're all right. But okay, guys, we, we're like out of time, um, but I want you guys to give everyone a, uh, uh, and, and, and we love you too, um, but hop into uh, meet.blockchainbooze.io and hang out with the rest of the crew. Um, Share um, share the one spot you want everyone to go. Um, oh, Mike, did you just share that? Is this the Discord for? Yeah, I just dropped it. Just dropped a Discord link. If I can't see the chat, I just tried to. Oh yeah, yeah here. The screen, but this um, is the Discord link for uh, for for NIF, for Spirit Punk. For Spirit Punks. So we want to make sure we can get our whole whole blockchain and booze community on on the whitelist for the first drop we're going to do in the, a few Ooh. weeks here. So so jump in first five hundred people in there. We're we're. When are you the doing the first drop? Plan is for mid to end of February. We're going to do kind of the announcement reveal um, All right. towards the end of Hopefully, the week or early next week. So stay Try closer. to get me details in time for episode 100 of Blockchain Booze. Maybe we could do a giveaway or something fun. Uh, I'm yeah, let's do peer it. pressure on you guys to, to <laughs> shit. Um, you know what I'm going to do also? I think we need to find the people who have Sailor Gary. Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody this other than whoever's watching right now. If you have a Sailor Gary cover, where is it? Sailor Gary cover of Boring Stone. 
I'll I'll take I will personally buy uh, one of the NFTs and just randomly drop it to somebody holding a Sailor Gary because I think that would just be super funny and rad. Yes. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you have a, a website up yet for for it or that's the no website's coming soon. It'll be on the Twitter. Oh, there's John, John has Hold on, the, do that again. Do that again, John. He's Sailor uh, Gary. He's on every bottle, right? Hold on, how do I do that? Oh, there it is. Cool. He loves. He also loves the dogs. There's his uh, Twitter right there. If you guys <laughs> hold your <laughs> shaking hand here, I want to see if that works. Hold on one second. I'm holding my uh, my thing. Uh, it didn't really work. Doesn't matter. Cool. Sailor Gary, look him up. Uh, but Zach, no website. Will, website will be up soon. Check out the um, the. Twitter is at spiritpunks underscore and John's John's little handle right there. That's where all the uh, all the info is yeah. to follow. Check out Spirit Spiritpunks, uh, Sailor Gary. Also, uh, you can catch him a couple couple nights a week, just ranting with friends on uh, hashtag late night DJs on Twitter Spaces. Um, so check you know check him out there. Just uh, talking with some fun some fun friends about life, NFTs, occasional alpha. Uh, Love know. it, and and Zach, where's the best place to follow you, and where where to follow uh, Liquid Craft? Uh, oh, uh, Rachel just, sharing just, it in the chat also. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, no. So like this, there's so much to talk about. I just really want everybody to engage to the community. Ours, um, John and Mike's in community, like. There's so much going on constantly. You could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I didn't say like, like even an eighth of what I wanted to say by any means. Um, so just keep engaging with us because I tell you that we're so freaking early that it hurts. And, and it, it's so fun to be part of this. So be part of it. It doesn't matter if it's with Liquid Craft or if, if it's with Premium. Um, any, anything like th this is awesome place to be. And I know you all are part of that and everything, but and yeah, well, it, it, we need to do a, uh, we will do a booze, uh, a, a booze follow-up in a few weeks or something. We'll have you guys back. I want to, I want to keep hearing about it and, um, I'm going to participate in liquid craft too, and we'll have some fun. Hell yeah. 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 So yeah, go, go mint one of our, uh, DNB series at liquidcraft.io. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome to be part of the community here too. So. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. You'll all definitely be back again. Uh, I appreciate you all, and I'm so stoked uh, you guys are here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Exactly.